Good morning to everyone. Welcome to God's house this morning as we gather to give our praise to our Heavenly Father. And this morning we will be finishing our series on building that healthy, relevant church. Taking a look again at what it means to be a disciple. A disciple and a follower of our Heavenly Father. And we, we listen now to our time choir as they play How Great Thou Art.
us please rise. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And also with you. We have come in the presence of God who created us to love and serve him as his dear children. But we have disobeyed him deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins by the perfect life and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has removed your guilt forever. You're his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Eternal God and Father, help us to remember Jesus who obeyed your will and bore the cross for our salvation, that through his anguish, pain, and death, we may receive forgiveness of sins and inherit eternal life through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our first lesson for this morning is recorded in Jeremiah chapter 31. And here we see that love, that love of God, even though we rebel against him, he still has made that covenant with us. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. Because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness, will remember their sins no more. This is the word of our Lord. We continue to sing in our psalm, Psalm 143.
Our second lesson for this morning is recorded in Hebrews chapter 5. And once again, we see salvation is through our Savior. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, gives life as a ransom for many. Let's please rise, proud respect, for the reading of the gospel. And our gospel lesson for this morning is recorded in John chapter 12. And we see, as Jesus predicts again, the type of death that he would suffer for us. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. Anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated as we join in our next hymn, I Heard the Savior Call.
Grace and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning is recording the Gospel of Luke chapter 14. Dear friends in Christ, as you take a look at the text that's before us this morning, does it strike something to you? And Ken, you can't answer this one. Now, maybe I'll tell you a story and then maybe it'll jog your memory. There was a very rich man who shortly after his wife gave birth to their son, the wife died. He hired a housekeeper to watch over his son, to take care of his, his house. And the housekeeper and the son became very close. She watched over that son and took care of that son as if it was her own child. And the young boy became close to the housekeeper and thought the housekeeper as that mother that he never had. Well, before he grew to manhood, he also died. The housekeeper stayed on for a while to take care of the house and the father, and, but the father had, was so emotionally distraught by the death of his wife, the death of his son, that... He also died of a broken heart. His co-workers and his lawyer were looking for that will that they sure they, they saw him write years ago, but they never found it. The state took over his estate and finally had an auction to distribute his wealth and the mansion. Well, the housekeeper wanted to go to that auction because there was one item, one item that that she really wanted, and that was the picture of that young boy. Because it was that love of caring for that boy, that love of taking care of that household that, that kept her going. She saved her money, went to that auction, and she saw all the other stuff going with high bids. But then on the auction block came that picture. She took out the few dollars that she had and made an offer, and no one else bid on that picture. And she was excited. She took that picture home, and since it was in the house, it wasn't taken care of for a few years. She had to clean off the frame, and she took the frame apart, and all of a sudden some important papers fell out. She rushed those papers to the lawyer, and yeah, it was, it was the will, and on those papers was a note. I leave my total wealth to ever love my son enough to purchase this picture. That's the type of love that's talked about in our text for this morning. Have you thought any more about our text? This is the same text I just preached on a few weeks ago to begin our study on building a healthy, relevant church. And I thought how fitting this is to, to go back to where we began. To take a look at, at what it means to be a member, to be a disciple of this church. The church of Christ. To take a look again at what Jesus is telling us. Telling us about that love that we are to have. To have a love for that Savior. A love for that salvation that he earned for us. Take a look at verse 26. 
If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. If you remember, we said Jesus wasn't preaching hatred. To hate your kids, to, to hate your spouse, to hate your family. No, he wasn't talking about that. But what he's talking about was that this is the type of love that we are to have. To set up Jesus as our highest priority. And at times this may mean having an arm's length from us. You know, what's being taught in this world. It means setting our priorities. I mean, you set a high priority to be here this morning. To come and, and worship with your fellow brothers and sisters of the faith. That's love for the Savior. We talked about that as being a member. We talked about fellowship. We talked about worship. We talked about prayer. Do we have that, that high priority? Do we have that love as, as we're building that healthy, relevant church for our Savior? Someone has said that it's easy to build churches in this world. Just cheapen grace, water down grace. And how many churches don't do that? How many of them don't water down what sin is? How many fail to call to sin? Because all of a sudden, man, if, if I tell Jim that he's sinning, he's not going to come back next week. He's not going to join our church. He's going to not like us. He'll find another church. But have we really helped him? Have we helped that? So have we helped that relationship that if he were to die... And have to face God? Would he have that proper relationship? How many have cheapened and watered down that grace? That grace of our Savior. And even done away with Jesus. Believe what you want. Teach what you want. Because after all, we don't want to offend anybody. Luther even said about Counting the cost, just as Jesus does in our text. Counting the cost of being a disciple, building a healthy, relevant church. Luther said that, well, the church costs nothing, suffers nothing. It's probably worth nothing. And how true those words are. Do we count the cost of being a disciple? of being a member of a healthy, relevant church? Or do we think, if I throw my $5 in the offering plate, if, if I come to church every now and then, once a month, if, if I come, you know, maybe Christmas and Easter, that's good enough. But then I think of what Jesus is telling me this morning, to count the cost. Because who would build a house without counting the cost? Who would go to war against other kings Without counting the cost. Are we counting the cost for our Savior? And especially now at this time of year, I think of counting the cost. What did Jesus do? I think of the reading from Hebrews this morning. I think of predicting his death in our gospel lesson for this morning. The way, for a whole week, the way he went and taught... <coughs> at the temple in Jerusalem, knowing he was going to be handed over. 
Next Sunday, we're going to be celebrating Palm Sunday. Everybody's going to be excited with, with the music and with Palm Sunday coming. And think of the way, again, the people shouted their hosannas. But in a few short days, they're going to be shouting, crucify him, crucify him. That rejection, that arrest, that death on the cross was all done for me. Maybe it's time to count the cost. Maybe at times it's very easy to say, oh, I don't want to go to church today. I mean, it was cloudy out today. Maybe you had second thoughts. Do I really want to go? But, you know, maybe somebody else is going to be here, as we talked about during the fellowship, that maybe they need an encouragement from you. So aren't you glad you came today to encourage someone, to have that smile, to, to talk about our Savior? We're important to be those disciples with that prayer, with that fellowship, with our worship, with relying on the word. A wealthy man that lived in Europe was trying to figure out what type of legacy to leave to his village. And he came to a good decision. He decided for this village that he was going to build a church. And he put all his wealth into building this church. He didn't let anybody see the plans of the church until the day of dedication. And then when the doors were open, the people came in and were just, just moved by, by this gift uh, from this man. It had everything that you could plan for. It was just a masterpiece. It was just beautiful. But they said, um, where, are the, where are the lamps? And he said, well, do you see the hooks along the walls? And he said, yes. And he gave every family a lamp. And said, when you come to church, you place your lamp on the hook where you're sitting. And this place will be lit. It will be beautiful. If you're not here, the church will be darkened. Isn't that what Jesus is telling us this morning? To count that cost? To realize again of our prayer life, our worship life, the fellowship. Count the cost of standing on his word, teaching that word in its truth and purity. Using our times, our talents, and our treasures to his glory. That's counting the cost, isn't it? When you think of discipleship and being a member, disciple means to be a student, to be a follower. Do we take the time to take a look at God's word so that we can follow that word? That we can use that word in our life and to share with our families? Because that's the greatest gift that we can give to our families. To make sure that they're going to be spending that eternity in heaven with us. That's what it means of building a healthy, relevant church. It's not numbers. It's not the size you're building, the, the size of your campus. But it's making sure that we have that relationship with our Savior who died for us. A pastor once told a story about a couple who was invited to a wedding. It's going to be a, a fancy wedding. It's going to be ballroom dancing, not the chicken dance and a few other dances, but ballroom dancing and the husband really didn't know how to dance much, so he went and bought a book how to dance. 
he studied that book. He, he read the directions. You know, he would read the directions, you know, tip your shoulder to the right. He would take so many steps, and then he would look at the book, and then he'd take the steps back and keep looking at the book. And, and he'd practice and practice and practice. And then finally, that one time, he called his wife into the family room and said, I think we can. And he takes her hand and, and starts to dance, and he does kind of look a little bit over her shoulder, takes a look at the book. They were dancing, and, and they completed the dance, and this guy is just completely exhausted because of, of what he did. He was so proud of himself, and he just fell on the couch and said, I executed it. And his wife said, you surely did execute it. You killed it. <laughs> and he said, what do you mean? She said, you forgot the music. He was so wrapped up of learning the directions in the book that he didn't turn the music on. So then she takes the music, turns it on, and they dance. How often are we like that? We can take the Bible. We can memorize the passages. We can know the doctrine. We can know the Bible up and down. But we don't hear the music of God playing in our ear. We don't live that, that message of salvation, of being a disciple, a, a follower of Christ. My friends, open up your ears. Open up those ears and being a disciple, being a forgiven child of God, hear that music of God. Enjoy that salvation, the freedom that we have. Enjoy that fellowship. Enjoy that worship. Enjoy the prayer life. Enjoy a, being a member of Christ Church. Enjoy that music each and every day. God grant this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's please rise. May the peace of God surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And let's join together confessing our faith with the whole Christian church on earth with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. as we gather our gifts to our Lord has given us all things, the guest books are located in the chairs in the center aisle. Please take a moment to sign those as you pass it back to the center. It gives you a chance to greet your neighbor and our Lord in safety.
Let's please rise for our prayers. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Jesus into this world, the one who only went to the cross to shed his blood for us. May we who have been made your disciples by this sacrifice on the cross, may we be those students of your word. May we enjoy the worship that we have each week with the brothers and sisters of our faith. May we lift up our voices in prayer together. And may we follow your word and teach that word in its truth and purity. So many people are looking away for that way of salvation. So many are trying to find their way through this life of temptation. Be with us as a church that we may boldly go out and share the glorious news about our Savior. Be with us in these coming days that we may invite our friends and our family to the special services that we'll be having in the coming weeks as we celebrate once again your suffering, your death, and your resurrection. Use us as workers in your kingdom. All this we ask in our Savior's name who taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. O Lord God, our Heavenly Father, pour out the Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us strong in your grace and truth. Protect and comfort us in all temptation and bestow on us your saving peace through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, go in peace, live in harmony with one another, and serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Please be seated. Just a reminder again about the invite cards that are in the basket by the church office. Uh, please help yourself to those if you wish to invite um, people to our special services in the coming weeks. An opportunity to share God's word with your family and with your friends. Also, please note that our Easter fellowship will be next Sunday. Easter Sunday, many of our families need to be with their relatives, have places to go. So our Easter celebration um, will be next Sunday between our services. There is a sign-up sheet. Um, please take a look at that sheet. But it is next Sunday, March 29th. Also, um, following the rehearsal of the Sunday School Youth, uh, we will be having a cottage meeting here in the church. If you not, have not attended one yet, uh, please feel free to do so. Uh, we'll be using this as our Bible class study for this morning. We'll conclude our service with the singing of our last 